0: We talk fantasy. It is game week. For those of you who like to shop on Christmas Eve for Christmas Day, this might be your favorite episode as we are just moments away, hours away from the 2021 NFL regular season. And for most of you, the 2021 fantasy football season officially getting underway. It is Kyle Ray, Chet Davis, Goz, Tom Goslowski with you, getting you ready for week one action Chat, Kyle, can you smell it? Can you taste it? I feel like I lead off every podcast so that I can stop saying it soon
1: enough. Football is almost here. I'm usually an optimist, but I'm still pissed at Roger Goodell. Football should have happened this weekend. And we, yes, we got college football. Imagine the momentum of that, of a full day of college football on Saturday, just to get you pumped up for the NFL. No, we, we have to wait. 10 days between the end of preseason and Thursday night kickoff. Whose idea was that? Made no sense. But I am really excited it's finally here. I just this could have been a fantastic weekend. Also, we're all off on Monday. Sorry, Kyle, who does have to go to work, but it's a holiday tomorrow. So you don't have to, you could stay up and drink all night watching Sunday night kick. It just made too much sense to start week one now. But okay. I'm happy it's here.
2: Yeah, good points. Uh, we're starting off with a banger with uh, Tom's Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the injured Dallas Cowboys. Um, no, I'm I'm so excited, but at the same time, so already angry at fantasy football. Um, just already can see after Thursday something's gonna happen. I mean, we already saw it with Zach Martin. So uh, just just pumped for football to start, pumped for fantasy to start, and also very upset that fantasy starting.
1: God, what's, what's the yeah. opposite of roster baiting? I've been thinking about this all <laughs> week. Like, what's the opposite where you just look at your roster and it just brings misery? It's, uh,
2: it's that meme where he's looking at the picture. Wolverine's looking at the picture and just with tears on his face. R-
1: roster r- roster pression?
2: Roster pression. Ooh,
1: that's way better than I
0: thought it was going to be. I was oh. just going to go like roster cry, where you just stare at your <laughs> roster and cry and like why i wasted my whole summer i just read yeah. a magazine and uh, uh, i like your weather i like yours better though Chet. it's much better
1: roster pressure i think we all get that sometimes because you know you get a bad draft spot you get that 60 second timer and you panic and one false button push can ruin your fantasy football season but if you're like us you, you pay attention you do your research even if you have a bad draft you can salvage it if you listen to this podcast. That's a promise. Get your money back if it doesn't happen. And sometimes there's things
0: we can't predict and never see coming, but those of you who wait longer can benefit from that. It starts with a story that broke involving a podcast we taped. We never thought this would even be a storyline. Cam Newton and Mac Jones, the New England Patriots, assigned to cut the former league MVP. Cam Newton, as of this taping, is still yet to be signed by an NFL team. And Bill Belichick is going to turn to the rookie from Alabama who just a few years ago – was a third string quarterback in college and is now going to be a week one starter in the NFL. Chet, I'm going to start with you. What do you make of the decision of Bill Belichick to decide to go with Mac Jones? And do you see any value now with a rookie quarterback under center for the Patriot offense, having fantasy football value with anybody from quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back? So much to
1: break down here. Um, First of all, for coach Bill Belichick, shut up. Like, he's usually one that does have one-word answers. His takes on this pandemic-slash-vaccine is actually infuriating. Um, so that was really annoying where he's making comments about, you know, people are asking him very good questions because Cam Newton's unvaccinated. So people are asking because this, uh, this preseason, Cam Newton had to go into quarantine. And if that happens during the season, if you're unvaccinated, the protocols are so much stricter, it could – ruin your team if that happens in the middle of a season. And so reporters are asking Bill Belichick that question, and he just dodges and says everyone's dealing with the same thing. No, I, I'm pretty sure almost all the other quarterbacks are vaccinated. So if your starter is unvaccinated, that's a problem because it, it could pop up during the season. So that was an annoyance. But from the X's and O's, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, even though Cam Newton is a former MVP, as you mentioned, guys, Cam Newton and Mac Jones are very different players. Matt Jones is the future. He's the guy that we know eventually is going to take over. We, we thought eventually was going to take over this team. Why not do it now? Because it's not one of those things. Let's say it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. It'd make more sense to let him get the first month of the season, let Matt Jones get more acclimated because they're pocket passers. Cam Newton's a whole different beast. It's a different offense with Cam Newton running the show. And so it's not going to be a seamless transition to the rookie. Let's just get the rookie in. Let's build the offense around him. Let's not try to build an offense around Cam Newton that we know is not going to last. So that's why I think it was the correct decision. It was surprising, but now it is the Mac Jones show. Let's see how he can develop
2: in year one.
0: Kyle, your thoughts on the New England Patriots decision?
2: I'm I'm mixed on it from a personal level just because I knew my odds of beating the Patriots I think were better with Cam Newton um, at the helm. As a Bills fan, uh, I think Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback. Um, there, I think it's way too early to tell that he's going to be great. I don't think anybody can really deny that he's probably not going to be a bad quarterback. He's going to fit that system very well. Um, but I do actually love the value of um, Jacoby Myers going up a lot right now. Um, I don't know how much John Smith's value is going to go up. I actually think it was higher with Cam Newton just because of the depth, of, the target depth that Cam Newton would go with. So I think News value probably remains the same if not goes down a little bit. Um, but I actually don't mind Jacoby Myers. I don't know how much um, Nelson Aguilar it's going to be affected. Obviously the guy can fly. And I don't know if Matt Jones is going to be able to have the arm to get it to him, but time will tell. But Jacoby Myers, I think helps a lot. Um, another guy to keep a lookout is James White. Does his value go up with, um, it might be a little bit of a different passing offense. They might be able to run four wide receivers or three and a tight end and a uh, running back. And James White's going to be in on a lot of them. So, um, definitely have to pay attention now to some of the patriots stuff. I'm one who very cautiously talk, takes any patriots player in a from a fantasy side. I think the only one I've got this year or even contemplated getting was James White and he's just going to be a bench filler for now until we see what happens, but um I don't think it's a bad decision if you're in a deep potential keeper league. Um, To grab Mac Jones, um, sit him on your bench, see what happens. Obviously, there's been a guy up there that was there for like 15 years who is now playing for the past pass Super Bowl champion um, who did pretty well there. Uh, so, obviously, I don't think there's anything wrong with developing a quarterback there and keeping up for a keeper league, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on, especially I would go with um, Myers and James White over anybody. Well, I
1: also look at it. How about the value of Damian Harris? because now you don't have Cam Newton poaching those goal line touchdowns. I don't really see Mac Jones doing a lot of, I mean, he might do the signature Tom Brady leap over, but he's not going to be scrambling in from five yards out. So let's see if Damian Harris can get some serious red zone work. That would just boost his value way up in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it totally makes sense on the Damian Harris. I always feel like the New England Patriots fantasy value across the board isn't really for season-long fantasy football leagues like we always talk about. We talk about drafts and dynasty leagues and keeper leagues. If you're somebody, when you look at the fantasy football side of it, of FanDuel DraftKings, where you're a a once-a-week lineup person and that's how you try to make your cash on that, awesome, good for you. That's wonderful. Uh, That's usually not what we focus on because it's more so in the minority of ways that people play it. But I bring up that style because you're kind of playing for a price. You're like, okay – Damien Harris is maybe the guy. There was a guy, God, it must have been like four or five years ago, that they had like a fourth string running back that he put in the game. And no one's ever heard from him again. He scored four touchdowns in the game just because nobody heard of him in a Patriot game. I think it was against the Colts, if you guys can remember that game I'm wait, talking wait, about. Wait,
1: do You remember the guy Gray?
0: Yes. Jonas Gray? Yes. You remember that game where like no one knew who he was. and He had this
1: monster output. And then, if I'm not mistaken, he was late to a team meeting. Or he missed a bus, and Bill Belichick cut him. Like he yes. like, I, I'm, I think he was also on the cover of like Sports Illustrated, and because he had this, like you said, unbelievable, if I'm not mistaken, primetime game, and yes. then like you said, never heard of again. Crazy, Classic. crazy how that comes
0: together. Now, from the Cam Newton Mac Jones side of it, vaccination play a factor. Other teams like Urban Meyer confirmed it. Belichick still, at this point, has said no. Cam Newton. You go back and look at his career, it's it's been so bizarre. Like Going back to that final year for the Panthers, there was talks of he was not going to be the same Cam Newton we knew about, that he got hurt, that he barely got signed, then he got COVID, that he wasn't the same player after he had COVID, and now he's just moved on. I don't like the Patriots at all. Like Anything about them, from fantasy, from wins losses, to more competitive AFC East. If you're a Patriot fan, this is going to be a rough season. I don't know how you're going to move the football. Look, the tight ends... Jono Smith and Hunter Henry, both really nice players, but it looks like Belichick wants that to be the next Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, and they're not those players. Gronk's the Hall of Fame, and if Hernandez had his life in order off the field, who knows how far his career could have gone. So I don't like anything involving New England. I'm sure Mac Jones is a nice guy. Uh, he's got the dad bod in the locker room. That's all. I don't like anything. Like If you've had a Patriot on your team, I would not brag about it or be happy about it. I would
1: run. Run, all right. We did reach a run throughout the summer. Run away from every Patriot player possible. I'm not sure if I'm the only one that's heard this. And Kyle, I'm. I'm I want to get your take on. I've heard multiple national personalities say that the Patriots are their favorite to win the division. And I that the, if you're watching this, the face that Gaz just makes exactly <laughs> what I made. Mean. I'm like, am I missing something? Like the biggest threat to bu- the Buffalo Bills is patrick mahomes like i'm already looking past the division like is it like can things happen sure but i think it is a clear-cut favorite the bills have their entire team back while the patriots have a bunch of new random weapons and a rookie quarterback they do get some pieces back on defense but like what i I had multiple people pick them to uh, win the division yeah does that fire you up, Kyle? Like you know what? Bring it! Like to stomp you.
2: It honestly doesn't fire me up at all because I just laugh at those people. It's just like, yeah. what, like, what football are you watching? What research are you doing? I don't, I don't get it because people are picking the the Josh Allen to be the MVP, to be the lead league leader in passing. Stefan Diggs to repeat as the, the the receiving champion. The defense to be better. The running backs to be like. There is nothing that anybody is saying about the Bills that's, oh, they might regress. There's nothing there that is that is even in hinting that they're going to regress. Josh Allen looked phenomenal in that last preseason game. At one point, he was 11 for 11. The pass he had to Gabriel Davis was a dime. I, I just, I don't see it. If anything, you may be able to make that argument three years down the road when some of the Bills pieces have to get new contracts and the whole team may be, uh, changes a little bit and Mac Jones is tenured but these next two years Buffalo will be the clear-cut favorite and I see nobody besides the Dolphins if Tua ends up being legit even coming close to challenging them
0: I can't wait to find out what happens at AFCs because all four of those fans are passionate in all different ways the Buffalo Bill fans we know Kyle's one of them the Bills Mafia Patriot fans have been so spoiled Dolphins fans are outrageous on social media like they're constantly fighting everybody from my pal Levesque to Pat McAfee and more and Jets fans we know about how different your seasons are every single season
1: how about Josh Allen being the oldest quarterback in the division <laughs> I love that stat so much so amazing? Good. 23 That's crazy 24 something like oh my god 18, you should know this Kyle you should know all Josh Allen facts. you should know
0: his birthday and she be buying him gifts
2: no, I, I just look at him in shorts. That's all.
1: <laughs> 25. 25. You look at him in shorts. 21st. 21st. He was born in 96. We're getting old. Oh, oh, that hurts out loud. Yes, oh. it does.
0: Let's get to the Johnstone mail bag this week. Johnson Supply and Troy helping you this fall. Yes, the calendar for some of us has actually turned. Some of you like Christmas tree lights. You can leave them up as long as you want. But the rest of the world is yes. going to move on. Like, we can keep our shorts on for as long as we want, but unfortunately or fortunately, falls officially here. So some of you got to get ready to make the change for your heaters, your furnaces, whatever might be happening in your home. It's now ready to time to make that change. Who do you call? Johnstone Supply in Troy. Give them a call today or visit them on their spot on 6th Avenue. Stop in and say hello to our guys. Tom's going to be in there. Hopefully, my guy George will be walking around. You can say hello to him as well. Stop in and ask the question that you need to change your heating in your home. Furnace updates. Also, by the way, don't forget to update your filters. So many people just might have heard that and thought, Ooh, I got to update those. Huh? How do I do that? Johnstone supply and Troy will help you through all of those things. If you want more information, johnstonesupply.com or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, head to our YouTube side, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and check out all their information below family owned and operated business. Johnstone, Supply, and Truck. Just two quick ones because we got to get into our week one action. You guys, I think, can offer the best perspective on this for like deeper keeper leagues and dynasty leagues that are just starting this year in 2021. MJ sent me a nice DM on Twitter. I love it. Protecting the innocent every week. Not saying names, just initials. MJ wants to know, when starting a dynasty league, is over 21 players too big to have for a league? I know my answer. If you want me
1: to go first, wow, wow. So gonna, yes, I'm so yes. yes, I'm gonna say yes. Um, cause then you're just it becomes so difficult. If oh, so this is gonna be a dynasty where you keep your whole roster? Is that Yes, I believe you have. I believe I, you I keep your her... played in those before. But that's that's just a lot. That's just there's no waiver wire action. You're just basically like shuffling your own lineup around or trying to do trades you kind of like waiver wire is a huge part of fantasy football and it's fun and when do you pull the trigger based on how your waiver wire works whether it's you have the the money involved or if you have it based on you know resetting every week based on who uses it so at that point th- there's no one left like you, you you can have multiple defenses multiple kicker. like no 21 is too much i would say I'm, I'm a fan of 16, and I'm actually more of a fan of less than that because then it does make the waiver wire more active.
2: I agree 100%. 21-player roster, and especially in a dynasty league, um, you're literally able to throw the dart at the dartboard with no strategy. So right now in one of my other leagues, I'm trying to figure out who I need to drop to get a dynasty player that I feel is going to have add value for later in the year. If I had a 21-man roster, I wouldn't give a shit. I'm just gonna take whoever the hell I want, and I would have kept whoever. You know, I would grab Nikhil Harry, knowing Mac Jones is gonna be the starting quarterback. Once he comes off IR, if he comes in, comes back and beats Nikhil Harry that he was at uh, Arizona State, guess what? I went like, nah, that's way too much. I agree. I'm actually a little bit a fan of this the 16 uh, man roster. I I think that's the perfect number. Um, lets you lets you be a little bit flexible. Like I'm in one that has a six man bench spot, and I hate it because I'm lacking one spot to what I'm used to. So. Um, But no, 21 men, way too deep. And also, don't keep your whole roster. Don't do a Dynasty League like that. That just sounds boring. Um, Get some strategy. Let the draft happen. Um, That's, again, to Chet's point, a huge part of fantasy football is the draft. That is probably 50% of the excitement in fantasy football is that draft and being able to go through with your friends and, and shit talk and all that. So, no. If anything, I think three that way that we have our dynasty is the max I would ever like to really see in a dynasty league.
0: One of my favorite responses to questions like this is my shark tank response. I know you guys heard it before. The idea is great, the execution was poor. The idea is what they were trying to probably do here is my guess is that okay, we're starting year 1 in a dynasty league. Let's get a ton of spots so that way if like Travis Etienne's a great example. Okay, Etienne's not going to play this season. You've got a spot on your roster for him. Okay. I mean, you could make it 18 active and two or three IR. Maybe that's what they did, and I'm not going to judge them if they did that. If that's what the 21 met, fine. Okay, keep some rookie guys injured or you know stash them away. Fine. Okay, you can do that. But I don't like the whole idea of dynasty leagues in general. Like, I get it. Like, some guys will have the same player for 10 or 12 years. I'm like what you both just said. I love the draft. I love the research before all that stuff. The idea of having bigger rosters and having whole rosters sounds cool, but I feel like the execution here may have been poor. And maybe they're going to email us in like two months and be like, no, 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 it worked out great. We got these injured guys, but we got these keepers. And it's actually like really hard to draft in those dynasty leagues. A great example would be like number two overall. You would probably make an argument if you had the number two pick in a dynasty league to draft Jonathan Taylor over Cook or Henry or some of those other guys because Taylor's coming off his second season in the league. Mm -hmm even though he's nowhere good as some of those guys. So all three, three for three agree, 21 too many, unless those are IR spots you didn't specify in that comment.
1: So I, I somewhat disagree with Kyle because I think it is interesting because you're almost playing fantasy football like you're an actual GM, which I find interesting where it, it is your continuation of rosters. So the one thing that I've thought about it, um, and we've mentioned a little bit in previous podcasts, is the idea of an auction draft. And so I think – for if you're gonna do whatever your roster size is, but you're gonna keep rosters the same as if you were a real GM, I think you have to do the first year as an auction because then the the randomized draft order becomes way too valuable. So if you get the first pick, you get CMC for the next eight years. That's like that's just pure luck. Whereas if, if you're gonna start from scratch and you're gonna keep every single player. Then you have to let everyone have a chance to get the guys that they really want with a $200 limit. And then after that, you could do just like the NFL would where it could be the, you know, wherever you finish is what you get in the draft. So the worst team gets number one. They probably take Trevor Lawrence because you get the entire career of Trevor Lawrence. It's basically you're only drafting the rookies or guys that I guess. Yeah. And waiver wire guys, but with 21, I don't know who's left. So that's, that's my suggestion. I think that's the fairest way to do it where it, there's if you have the think about it, if it's a 12 team league and you randomly get the 12th pick in a forever league you're for you're going to be climbing out of that hole for years trying to get your uh, recover like that's not fun so that's my suggestion
0: yeah and you did nothing wrong you're right just, it's, it's a coin right.
1: flip however you figured out a draw from
0: a hat you were not yeah. a bad manager it's just too hard to recover from it. i think it's a great point absolutely this one probably should have been saved for a week too But I think it's a funny concept, so I want to use it now because some people, again, might be finishing up right now for their drafts. Entering week two of a regular season, okay? Entering week two of a regular season, would you rather have had three tight ends you drafted or no tight ends you drafted on your roster going to week two? So I think what this person is asking is that if you waited on a tight end and you string tight ends, is that actually a better strategy than have a tight end, a tight end in your flex and a tight end on your bench? What would you guys rather have? The same, again, three tight ends you drafted on your roster going into week two or zero tight ends you drafted going into week two? That's from JB, by the way. JB on Twitter as well.
2: We have talked a lot and at length about the value of the tight end spot. Um and I think that you can't stream tight ends unless you got really unlucky and somebody reached for double tight ends and something like that happened. Um, I personally would much rather have two tight ends that I know that I could flip flop, whether matchup or whatever it might be. So, in our dynasty league, I actually just traded for Kelsey, so I have uh, Travis Kelsey and Mike Geseki two. One, the top tight end, another one that's probably tier two. A lot of people are thinking it could be a breakout tight end. So you're looking at that like if I had, say, uh, Mark Andrews instead of Kelsey, I would rather play that matchup card than having to go to the waiver wire and find Dawson Knox, who can't catch uh, beach volleyball and thrown to him. Um, and does on- it
1: help when the wind blows? It's a weird,
2: <laughs> it's weird. That's
1: hard to read.
2: Yeah, it's weird. But I, I've had in the past where I hate streaming tight ends. It just it, it becomes very complicated and then your your production's so random because the guys that are gonna guarantee you seven, eight, nine points are gone. So then you're throwing all your your uh all your marbles at somebody who might get one catch for five yards or no catches. So I would much rather go into the week to have three tight ends if if that's what it is than have no tight ends.
1: Kyle brings up some great points. I'm going to go the other way. I would be okay going into week two with streaming for a couple reasons. One, I think there's actually some interesting guys that went undrafted in most of my leagues. Guys like um Gerald Everett for the uh for the Seattle Seahawks. He's a guy that's not rostered on a lot of teams. So you might be able to find some hidden talent. Um, the other reason is who knows who the Robert is gonna be. You know you might be able to find a guy after week one um use a waiver wire addition on a guy that maybe not a lot of people had heard of so there is some possibilities of that it's it's rare because we know most of the teams that like to utilize their tight ends um the reason i wouldn't want to have three is i've been in the situation that kyle's talking about where you have two really good tight ends they're the toughest position to trade to try to find a trade partner because most teams are okay with what they have and, and like a, a slight improvement of like I say I'm trading a Mike Gusecki you're not going to get a lot of trade value back no one's going to give up their RB2 for a tight end to borderline tight end one they're just not going to do it so you're constantly you can have a really talented guy who you're not putting on into your lineup on a weekly basis and you're just kind of stuck with them. And, and it's it's really frustrating to be in that spot. So I guess I'd rather be on the streaming. Hope that I strike gold. Maybe you find a hidden talent that not a lot of people have heard of.
0: Yeah, this is a tougher question now hearing both of your answers, which are both very good. Uh, I, I, before I give the answer, I think I'm going to give the advice first. Your drafting strategy, like if you're listening to this and you haven't had your draft yet, the magic number is seven. And what I mean by that is that you're going to know the answer to this question either by the seventh round in your draft or by the seventh team who's drafted a tight end in your draft. So again, by the seventh round, Waller's going to be off the board. Kelsey's going to be off the board. Kittle's going to be off the board. Maybe Kyle Pitts, depending on how much of college football fans you might have in your league, you might have four guys off the board by the seventh round. And then those guys are off the board. I feel like there's a little significant of a drop off. You could maybe add one or two other guys if you really like them. But by the seventh team in your league, if you are a league of 10 or 12 or 14 or whatever it might be, after that, you're probably going to keep waiting and then waiting. Then it's like a race to take, all right, who's the 10th best tight end? And you really don't want to. But if you have like Waller and then you want Pitts and then all of a sudden you're in like the 15th round and you don't want a wide receiver and that other guy in your league hasn't drafted a tight end, you're like – you know what? I'll just screw him. I'll just take him, so he has to trade it with me. You could play some games, so and then and then you trade Kittle
1: for a Sony Michelle.
0: Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of <laughs> sense.
0: Walked, Is that too soon? I just walked <laughs> right into it, didn't I? Just like you could see me going right into the traffic, and instead of yelling "Look out," you just watch the watch the accident happen. So I would go three tight ends. By the way, <laughs> I would go with the three tight end thing because I've been in this spot in a few uh, leagues already. And like Kyle said, um, look, having no tight end sucks. Like, if you just want to play the matchup and hope, all right, come on, 22nd ranked or 42nd ranked tight end I've never heard of before. I need you to get me in the end zone at least once. That's a rough play. So I would go with three tight ends as well.
1: I know. You bring that up, guys, how you say, like, all right, I already have a Kittle or a Waller. And then do you guys, when you're drafting, you know, there's, there's people in your league that are like the perennial powerhouses or maybe it's just your rival. It's that friend that you just really don't want to beat you. Do you monitor their draft where you're like, huh? Kyle's waiting on a tight end. I'm going to screw up his whole plan. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys ever do that?
2: I did that. I did that in the, I did that in the dynasty league. So hold on. I got to go to my roster real quick. I was doing that with chambers. Um, I remember he. I think I looked and I saw the, the next four picks um, in the draft didn't need a tight end um, or actually no. what it was. I think it was when I drafted Gusecki late in the ground. I think I was between Gusecki reaching him one round further, or do I go with whoever I drafted in my fourth or whatever? And I looked through the roster. I was like, okay, there's only four people who need a tight end. I'm going to roll the dice and see if I can get Gusecki in the next round. So I'm going to grab X, whoever it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it worked out for me because I was like, I don't think these three – These this guy needs a running back. This guy needs a quarterback. They're going to go those positions instead of tight end. I'm good on waiting on Gusecki. I'm going to reach for this player. So 100%. I think that's an awesome strategy to do.
1: So you don't like to screw people over. You're doing it more so of planning out where you're going yes. to put guys based on. And that's what I was able to do, Like especially if you're in a keeper league. You know who's being kept. You can do that for the early rounds, especially. If you're like, so for instance, in our league, I knew a guy was keeping Darren Waller. I know he's not taking Travis Kelsey because he needs a running back. So you can start doing that kind of game. It's always a good idea to just see what the strategies of your uh, people in your league are doing.
0: So you're basically calling it watch the board. Is that basically, yeah. You know, like, hey, I know this guy's got two running backs. It's going to be really rare if he's going to stick one in the flex here. He doesn't need to. I know he's not. And you can do that like two rounds ahead. Like You can figure out your 6th or 7th or 8th round pick by knowing what the 3rd and 4th and 5th rounds did. Yeah,
1: That strategy works really well if you have a top 2 pick or a last 2 pick of a round. Because that's where you have, especially if there's only one person to worry about, you just look at that roster and you know mm-hmm. that guy's going to be there in a couple picks. It's when you're in the middle of your draft that becomes really hard to know what everybody ahead and behind you is going to do. Um, but yeah, when you're in the, when you're closer to your picks, it's easier.
0: Speaking of something hard to do right now, how about this? We haven't kicked off yet. Give me, doesn't matter what position, what team, whatever you want to do, we're going to roll this back in like December, January. One big, fat, bold fantasy football take for you this season. What is the boldest, the most confident, however you want to present it, that at the end of the year we're going to say how smart and how great you are after calling this in the regular season.
1: Kyle, you go first because I'm not ready.
2: I feel as great about this pick as uh, Activision releasing their Um, (laughs) anti-cheat. You understand that. Um, Jordan Palmer. I mentioned him in the summer. Um, He is the wide receiver for the Chargers. Um, My Bag of Doritos man, Justin Herbert. Um, I think rounds up this year to have a back-to-back very great sophomore season. Um, me and guys were talking about it. You have Keenan Allen, very strong wide receiver that everybody underestimates every single year. Number two wide receiver is Mike Williams, who knows what Mike Williams does. He disappears. Um, can't say healthy. Can't stay he can't say healthy. healthy. He'll have a great game, then he will be nowhere to be found. He'll drop a couple passes. Um, he'll you'll literally just see him running straight up the field. Jordan Palmer is not an upfield runner. He ran, I think, a four, five, four, 6 40. He runs great routes. He has very good hands. Tennessee, he had very bad quarterback play. And I think he was still one of the top receivers in the SEC. Um, I expect Palmer to take over the wide receiver two by probably week three, week four. And I think he will post a top 32 wide receiver this year. Um, I think he will beat out some wide receivers because that offense is going to go pretty pass-heavy. I can see him getting some good red zone targets because he's, I think, 6'2". He's a big dude. He might get some some of the targets like Mike Evans does in just some of those jump ball situations. Um, no Hunter Henry. So you're looking at that wide receiver quarter. Um, I like Jordan Palmer a lot. I have him rostered in every single one of my leagues. Um, am I starting him week one? No, because it's not the right decision if I'm looking to to try to win. But I do think as the year goes on, Jordan Palmer is going to continue to see his role evolve to the level of that. I think you're going to be like hearing his name every single week in these waiver wire pickups. Oh, he's available in thirty percent of leagues. Oh, forty five percent. Up sixty four percent. If your league's there, go grab him. And then next thing you know, he's going to be available in five percent of leagues, and you're going to be like, shit. Why didn't I listen to to the guys uh, on the podcast and grab him? So, um, give me Palmer. I'm very high on him this year. Like I said, he's rostered in every single one of my leagues. Um, I think he's going to have a, a shockingly good rookie year.
1: I,
0: I, yeah, Kyle all summer has convinced me on him. I'm a few moments away in one of my fantasy leagues from actually drafted him. So that's how much Kyle has now convinced me. I'm deep in. He's my late flyer because of Kyle Ray. So I'm going to actually take him here. To pick coming up. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you have listened to our podcast all summer, I don't think there's a lot of surprises here on our bold takes, but if it's your first time listening, go back and listen to some other episodes. So I'm combining mine, both of the number two. So I'm giving you two picks because I think both of these guys are going to finish second at their respective positions when the regular season ends. And that's Kyle Pitts as a tight end. I've convinced myself from he's not very good to there's too much hype to, oh my God, he's the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL. Fit him for his jacket, he's going to Canton. So I believe he's going to beat out Waller and Kittle. Kittle's situation with quarterback is is strange because is it going to be Garoppolo? Is it going to be Lance? Is it going to be tight end heavy? Is it going to be run heavy? Are the Niners the sleeper team in the NFL this season now with some guys getting healthy and Shanahan a really good coach? Uh, I like Kyle Pitts because of the uncertainty because of the other tight ends to have a monster year. It's going to be weird seeing a number eight run around as a tight end in the NFL, but because of his Matt Ryan as his quarterback, no Julio Jones. Russell Gage and at Calvin Ridley, can they step up? Who the hell is the running back? Mike Davis is still back there. McCaffrey's old backup. I just don't know how they're going to move the football without Kyle Pitts. So he's going to be the second best tight end in fantasy this year. Kelsey will be one. And let's just go one time all in on Aaron Jones. Let's do it one final time on my boy Aaron Jones. I have him finishing second, second in running backs this year. And here's why. Same thing. Look, I think Derrick Henry's great. I'm sorry, more so non-PPR leagues is more likely to happen with Aaron Jones than PPR leagues because the catches out of the backfield. I don't know if they're going to be there for him, but especially non-PPR leagues. But Henry's splitting touches now with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, what's going to happen? Zeke Elliott's been bad in fantasy or at least overrated the past few seasons in fantasy. Where does he shake out? Saquon's hurt. Nick Chubb splits carries with Kareem Hunt. If you just feed Aaron Jones some goal line touches, he's going to get those sixes on the board, and the Packers offense is going to be loaded with Rodgers wanting to prove everybody wrong. I'll take a flyer and say Aaron Jones has a monster here and finishes second. So give me Pitts and Jones, and it's all said and done. Ranking an overall point scored second in their respective positions.
1: What's going to happen to Dalvin Cook?
0: Dalvin Cook might be first. <laughs> I left myself a little leeway. I'm like, all right, between Cook or McCaffrey, Cook or McCaffrey, I'm like, I'm not going to be bold enough to say first, but I'll say second because if one of those guys sneaks ahead of him, uh, that's why. So I'm leaving myself a little leeway. Cook's going to have a monster year.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so I've been hanging my hat on this prediction for an entire year now. I will go to, you know, I don't care what happens in the rest of my fantasy football career. I called Justin Jefferson last year. Yes. 1,400 receiving yards as a rookie, 88 receptions, seven touchdowns. My bold prediction Devontae Smith has a better year. Whoa. Whoa. Yep. I'm all in on Devontae Smith. I'm really worried. I am really worried about their head coach because I think he is definitely a few short of a six pack. But there's it's, it's a perfect situation for him with not a lot of competition. His number one competition is Jalen Rager, who's coming off an extremely subpar rookie year. But that guy has one-year advantage on Devontae Smith. If you're counting the SEC as the NFL, Devontae is more of a veteran than Jalen Rager is. He already has the repertoire, as I said last week, with Jalen Hurts. He's a, he's a stud. No one's been able to guard that guy in his entire life. I think Devontae Smith especially where you can draft him, could be a league winner this year. Could even have a great game week one. If I'm not mistaken, the Eagles play the Falcons. You are correct. I'm not not scared about that defense. That could be a high-scoring game, and week one, Devontae could be off and rolling. So that's my bold prediction. It was Justin Jefferson last year. Not as crazy when you're picking the Heisman winner to have a good year, but I think Devontae Smith is going to do some serious work in year one.
2: So Chet, with with him having a better year than Justin, where's that going to put him from a wide receiver ranking?
1: Top oh, five. Well, by the way, I'm saying he's going to have a better compared to his rookie year. I still like Justin Jefferson better this year. No, that no, that's okay. fine. But I just want to make sure I made that clear. Was, was, I think he's have better numbers this wasn't year. Wasn't
2: Jefferson like top ten?
1: Oh yeah, baby. So, so I think I think Devontae—that's his ceiling right now in year one. I think he could be a top ten guy. Nice. You know not what's there. he gonna pop, Yeah. He's gonna pop some dead silence and then he's just gonna blow up by like
2: week three.
0: I was thinking of that in my head too. I'm like, the expanded schedule, like, Devontae Smith's a little guy. He's not a big dude. So if he gets hurt, he might be in trouble, but it don't matter. Like, if he misses one or two games, guess what? His numbers are still gonna be through the roof. You're still gonna get what you want on that guy. So
2: he's like, he's one of those
1: dudes. He knows how to not get hit. Like, he's almost so. Uh, small in stature, like skinny, that you can't hit them hard. You ever we, we all played football? There's these guys that you really want to just like crush, but somehow their their frame allows it that you can't even hit them hard. They kind of just fold, you know, there's like they're like a noodle. You hit a noodle and you can't hurt a noodle. You want to hit something that's you know got some mass behind it and you lay them out. You're not laying out Devontae
2: Smith. Darn airport rooftop campers. <laughs>
0: I have no idea what that means.
1: Kyle, <laughs> you're drunk. Before
0: we, before we get into this new segment here that is a mystery segment, so we're getting teased as much as you guys are about this. I want to tell you about our friends over at Mohawk Honda. The summer's over. It hurts, yes, but selection is still king at Mohawk Honda. The fall, you going to the tailgate, you going to the big game, you're hanging out on that Friday, Saturday night. You pull up to the big game and – Ooh, who's driving that? Is that your car? Do you want to embarrass your son or your daughter at high school events this year? Chet Davis is going to be out there filming the games. Does you want to turn around and put your camera on television and think, oh, what is that car? Now go to Mohawk Honda and change your vehicle right there in Glenville, Freeman's Bridge Road. Say what's up to my guy, Greg Johnson. Can't make it in more Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. All right, Chet, what is the secret you've got for us?
1: So, not to, what's the saying, beat a dead horse? Yep. Um, I have bad luck in fantasy when it comes to health. Oh, really? I I don't need to to divulge all of the uh, unfortunate things that have happened over my fantasy football career. But over the years, you know, I've I've gotten invited into more leagues. Um, I think last year I was in four, three or four, I I forget. Um, This year I got invited four total as well. And. In one of those, if you listened last week, you found out I lost J.K. Dobbins, who was supposed to be my RB one, already looking like an uphill battle in a very competitive dynasty league. So that's that's a bummer. So like before, when I was only in one or two leagues, like I'm already out of it. You know, like sure I might be able to wheel and deal, and I'm already doing some trades to try to like salvage that, but it's a crapshoot at this point already. I'm already playing from behind. So here's what I'm doing in 2021: Your boy's in ten leagues. 10. I have joined public leagues in ESPN and Yahoo, all different formats. I've done auction drafts. I've done snake drafts, 10 team, 12 team, 14 league, all different. And we're going to see, we're going to have weekly updates on my record. And then we're going to see how we do when it comes all the way to the end. So it's been fun. Cause like you guys said, what's the best part about? About fantasy football in my opinion it's draft day i love drafting it's fun you you get you start brand new you got a a blank canvas and now i've almost guaranteed unless the entire freaking nfl gets hurt one of my teams is gonna hit (laughs) i got so (laughs) many different variations going on of teams that i like because oh and that's i think it was random draft orders i had the number one pick in one league i had the number 12 pick in another i had number eight number two We're all different, baby. So unless everybody gets hurt, I'm gonna have a chance to have an injury-free season and see if one of my teams can go all the way. Kyle, Kyle's got a comment. (laughs) Oh, because I'm gonna injure everyone. If you
2: get one of my guys hurt, because you're there, you have ten damn teams. I'm gonna be pissed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I thought about sending out letters to everyone that I did draft. It's more so my first-round draft picks, so they've been put on notice. They're in like Grand Theft Auto. They're like five stars, most wanted. You need to (laughs) bubble wrap yourself immediately. Do you have Eckler? Oh, yeah. I have Eckler in a lot. I have Eckler. Wait a second. Yeah, I have Eckler in multiple leagues. More so because I want to win that free autographed jersey. So um, (laughs) now for you guys, this is very interesting.
0: Hey, on, Before you on, can I get a number? What was the final number on how many leagues you joined? Ten. Okay.
1: We're in ten leagues. Four of them. I actually know who I'm playing against. The other six, <laughs> two of those were random because you guys were lame and did, refused to do an auction with me, which I found to be so fun. I was in. Yeah, I guess I did kind of convince Kyle and then Gaz got scared.
0: I never bought in.
1: Yeah, never bought. Um, <laughs> I would be so in. The it was really idiot. fun. The only reason I did two auctions is because one of the auctions, I got something happened in the middle of the auction where I like had to go to work or something. And so it did not go the way I wanted it to. I'm going to be able to salvage it. But then I had to do it again where I was fully focused and being able to to auction at $200. Um, So here's the question for you guys. In my 10 leagues, which I think almost all of them had 16 team rosters, there is only one NFL team I do not have on those rosters. Can you guess which team I don't have a single amount of stock in? And this includes kickers, defenses, Quarterback, running back, tight end, receivers. There's only one team I avoided, and it was not on purpose. Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts is incorrect. So I who I had on the Indianapolis Colts because I did not go into Jonathan Taylor. That's... I might have gotten, I might have gotten Rodrigo because I wanted the Rex specs. I wanted. Oh, them. you
2: went blank and shift. Darn it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. New England. Oh no, you know who I actually had Kyle, uh, and I actually like him as like a later on guy. Naheem Hines. Oh, okay. PPR leagues, I think Nine Hines could be a nice little bye week kind of guy. If something happens to Jonathan Taylor, Patriots also incorrect. I I bought in a little Mac Jones uh, as a backup in one of those leagues. All
2: right, he's yeah. one of those
1: guys. Maybe on a bye week, he could be playing really well. All
2: right, now you got to give us the the conference.
1: It is in the NFC. Okay. Did
2: you not get it? Nope. Nope.
1: Nope. The it's Niners. Not- Oh, no, I, I got quite a few Niners. Trey Sermon, I think, is going to be uh, a nice little piece. And then, actually, this kind of goes into my uh, next segment on the, the 10 teams. Uh, I have Debo Samuel on five of the 10 leagues.
2: Did I you, love me some Debo. Did you manage to not get any Rams?
1: I do have some Rams. Daryl uh, Henderson, I think, is also a guy you could get late in drafts who could be a nice piece. I didn't get any of the receivers um that was what i was thinking i don't know i always how do you guys feel for years now i have a hard time figuring out if i like cooper cup more than robert woods if brandon cooks a few years ago it was so hard to figure out which guy and they all had good you know have had good seasons in la and now with matthew stafford they could have great years but nope of those guys that's why
2: i like Let them. Me give
1: you one more hit uh, it's pretty close to home you didn't get any giants no New York Giants on any Whoa. of my 10 teams. I Kenny should Galladay, you know Kenny Galladay's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he was solid. Um, but where he was getting drafted, I was already okay at wide receiver. You know, I didn't want to reach for Kenny Galladay. Uh Danny Dimes scares me. Uh, we haven't really seen him been able, he has not really produced a consistent fantasy weapon. We haven't seen that yet in his career. Uh, And I never really had to make that tough decision on Saquon Barkley. Uh, I was either in the top four where I had better options at running back, or I was later in drafts where it never came to me. Like I never had to deal with the Saquon at the number eight pick, which would have been really tough. So I have no interest or rooting uh, interest in the New York Giants this year.
2: That was a good segment of Chet Roulette. I liked that.
0: Do you like the name of the segment, Chet Roulette? Because I was going to say, like, how you've done this is you've kind of moved your pieces around on a roulette board that, you know, that guy who walks up with monster amounts of chips and you're like, how much are those chips worth? He just is putting them on every little number because that wheel's going to spin and something's going to win. I want to call this Chet Roulette. That and because when I post this on social media, people are going to be like, If it's anything like Chat Roulette used to be, I don't know what to expect. And that's a great drinking game because if a certain thing shows up on that screen, (laughs) you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, Chat Roulette is now a part of We Talk Fantasy. More than welcome to be sponsored, by the way. Anybody wants to sponsor Chat Roulette, I don't know if the adult-themed sites want to sponsor Chat Roulette.
1: I'm for that, and it will be cleared by Godzilla Media. I've been meaning to make, I have been meaning to make an OnlyFans account. Uh, so this might be my, <laughs> my chance. I have that chance. Uh, one last question to ask you about this 10 team. Can you guess which running back I have on most rosters? And the hint I will give you is he's not even a starter.
0: Devontae Booker in case Barkley misses games. Well, you don't have a giant. So, no, that's out. Um, uh,
1: he's not a starter. Naeem Hines? Nope. If you listen to his podcast, I'm pretty high on him. Do you guys listen to the podcast? I'm just okay. trying <laughs> Purposely? <laughs> Kenyon Drake. Nope. A.J. Dillon. Dillon. I have A.J. Dillon in six of the ten leagues. Just hoping he hits. He's one of those guys, you get him super late. Doesn't really cost you a whole lot. If something happens there in Jones – you guys agree that he's a sorry guys. I know that goes against exactly <laughs> what you just said. But if, all right, if that happens, if a scenario happens where Aaron Jones misses extensive
2: time, does
1: AJ Dillon become an immediate top ten running back?
2: I don't think so. I don't no. think he. The only reason I don't think so is just because he doesn't have the like. He's a bullback. He's not. I feel like Aaron Jones is a lot more of an elusive back. He can cut. He can outrun you. I don't think AJ Dillon's going to do that. Where that's where a lot of Aaron Jones's points come from. Taking that. That weird hook route and just taking it to the house. So I don't think he's top ten. I think he's oh, he's up there. He's probably, yeah, he's definitely top half. Like I think pretty safe. He's and like, RB two. Yeah, but
1: I would say I would I would go with you, Kyle. If Jamal Williams was still there, if they still had Jamal, I'd be like, eh, there's still going to be a split going on. Who else do they have in that backfield? I, I think it, it would be the AJ Dillon show. Mm-hmm. And he's on a great offense, so you're talking about an offense that's going to have a lot of red zone looks. A guy that was a beast in college, second year, we saw a little bit at the end of last year. So I think AJ Dillon can make a big step forward.
0: Another great drinking game of science, chat roulette. Chat roulette is when will Gosney a college football reference in the podcast? We've gone 48 minutes into it. I haven't done one, but I'll do one right now. I'm done with Boston College running backs, like all of them forever. I hate. I know that's such a lame take for some people because it happens so often with quarterbacks in the NFL draft, like. Oh, I hate all USC quarterbacks or Ohio State quarterbacks aren't good. There is really no correlation between quarterback to quarterback, era to era. Boston College running backs are a little bit different, though, because they run the double tight end set. It's power-eye football, and they have just, bull, like Kyle just said, it, bull backs, right? Andre Williams from years ago with the Giants and the Chargers. I don't know how many people remember back in the two thousand. a guy named Willie Green who was a phenomenal player for Boston college. Like I remember that like, he tore up Syracuse when I was a little kid in the carrier zone. So that's probably why I remember him. I'm just done with all Boston college running backs until someone breaks out. So look, AJ Dillon, I was high on him as a rookie. I thought like you just said all that stuff, chat, the same thing. And he just didn't get the football enough. Right. So maybe he'll still carries away, but I've gone full college conspiracy that I'm just done with all Boston college running backs.
1: Guys, you might like this, uh, especially with your fandom. So, I got the, the football itch this weekend. So I fired up Madden for the first time of the year, just for fun. And I had this idea that I was going to do, you know, you can do a start a franchise. You can do a fantasy draft where you like draft your whole team, um, which I always think would be a really cool idea if they did in the NFL. It's never going to happen, but it'd be fascinating. It's like, who would be the number one pick? Would it be Aaron Donald or would it be, you know, Patrick yeah. Holmes? It would probably be Patrick yeah. Holmes. But um, can you guess? So what I did was, I picked the worst player at every position. So, you know, you can, like, sort the column. I went to overall, worst. What is, this is the year on this Madden is 2015. Who is the worst NFL running back in 2015?
2: Steven Jackson. <laughs> no. you know, God, and the reason I'm
1: asking this directed towards you, he's a former Orange. Jerome Smith? No, great guess though. That's my era, too. No. 2015. He played in his NFL career with the Colts. Mike Hart? Nope.
0: Well, he went down a dog of Michigan, guys. I just thought Syracuse out of the high school just jumped in my head, right? The late James Mungro. No, that's too far back. Um God, a Colt running back. Damian Rhodes is too far back. I'm gonna miss it. Delone Carter. Oh, my God. Rocking the three, the single-digit in college, nice. man.
1: Malone Carter is the worst. Mad <laughs> oh, Madden. The worst. This is also kind of interesting. Can you guess the worst quarterback who is still playing in the NFL, but not a quarterback?
2: Tim Tebow.
1: And he's not in the NFL anymore.
2: Oh, that's right. He got caught. Dang.
1: Not a quarterback.
2: But oh. Is it the Navy quarterback?
1: No, 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 no. he's these more Terrell recent.
0: Pryors out of the league? Yeah. Antoine Randall's out of the league. Oh uh, man, it's a wide receiver, right? Nope. Michael Robinson from
1: Penn State years ago. no nope. This is so fun. The Michigan quarterback Denard nope. Robinson. That's Robinson. No, not him. Oh my god! Oh, this is a relevant person.
0: Um, Joe Webb. No. Nope. Logan Thomas. Oh my God! You got to be kidding me. That's the best
1: one. Oh, he was the worst rated quarterback. Isn't that awesome? And that was oh. and he's a fancy relevant tight end. Gotta love it. And he's pretty good at that. And he's got wheels. He's you know, big, like, big boy. Yeah, it's it's been kind of fun. That's all I got. Chet Man, is, Chet Roulette is done for the day. I
0: love Chet Roulette. Chet, you you over sold, and over-delivered. And I love all of it. Fan- this is a weekly segment. Chet Roulette. I want the mix of it. I want the update on the teams. I want the trivia. Chet Roulette might have to start leading off the podcast. we got to talk about this when this wraps. I'm all about Chet Roulette, about do we think where I'll that went.
1: Record. Oh, this is what we should start doing. All right, so Chet Roulette's not over. We're going to <laughs> do like – this is like we're bringing back the beer bets, which I think I owe Kyle like 10 beers at this point. Although I think he drank most of them on Friday. <laughs> did, you, did you get them? You should get them as a sponsor, Kyle. Was it Frog Alley? Frog Alley
2: was. Oh, okay. Incredible. Their All sours right. were on point.
1: All right. So this is Chet Roulette. All right. We're gonna do guys and Kyle. I'm. I'll bet on myself. F it. All right. First question: Will I finish with an overall winning record?
2: yes yes you're a good oh, enough fantasy manager to do that
1: all right all right yeah I, I, I tend to agree over under i will win one and a half championships over
0: man it's a really good line i will go two so barely over
1: <laughs> i'm gonna go under <laughs> I know you guys haven't been paying attention the last few years Even though I did play in two championships last year, two out of three. I was only in three leagues because I made the semifinals and won. I think I actually got beat by guys.
0: Yeah, and a a very interesting media league finish if Levesque forgot to update his Raider. But
1: yes, I did. Yes, that's true. All right, over, under, I will complete five and a half trades.
2: Oh, you got to go up on that, bud. You're already at two, aren't you?
1: One. I've only had one trade.
2: Dude, you got to make that like seven and a half. You got up that line.
1: I will. I will adjust. I will say seven
2: and a half. Yeah, I'm still going over.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna
0: hedge your bet here a little bit and say, I'm gonna say under, because I think you're gonna make trades in less than three leagues. I think you don't yeah. know the managers and they don't trust you. So yeah. because of that, I think it's an under play, but definitely under three leagues.
1: I can't really bet on that one because I have control. That'll be it. Those are, those are the three, and they will be, and there will be prizes to whoever has the most correct. Ooh, okay. Alcohol, alcohol. <laughs> I'll gotta, make that
0: a mission, okay. Chet. I will make that a mission to get a We Talk Fantasy beer sponsor for the Chet Roulette bets. Okay. Love it, love it, man. All right, boys, we get to do this. We're calling it Week One Stars and Sits, and God, I hate that name so much. If anyone, please, the Johnson Supply and Troy Mailbag. To come up with a more creative name. I just, off the top of my head, came up with Chet Roulette, which is fantastic, and I'll tell myself how great it is. Stars and Sits is not creative and not good. So this is likely going to be changed with a different name after week one, but uh, you can go as long as you want, short as you want, simple and easy as this. If you've got some of these fantasy football players in your roster, usually we do three positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Because we've gone a little long on this episode, if you want to make it a little bit shorter and go with one guy, two guys, I'm going to be very flexible this week on week one. So however you want to do it, as many guys as you want, week one stars and sits. I'm going to go first with quarterbacks, if that's okay with you guys. I'm going to go first with the quarterback position. And I kind of want to go two different ways, but I'll go with the safe pick and then the wild pick at the end of this. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a huge week one. I think the 49ers in general are going to have a huge week one against the Lions. The Detroit Lions last season gave up the most – fantasy football points to quarterbacks in 2020 new coach my guy matt patricia is no longer there the manimal the danimal dan campbell running the squad in detroit i don't know if the defense has any talent at all i know kyle shanahan can coach up an offense and i know he gets a lot of heat for what happened in atlanta in that super bowl blown loss but he wasn't playing defense for the falcons shanahan and garoppolo are gonna light it up lance might get in the end zone with like a run package But Jimmy G knows his job is on the line. He's getting paid, I'll probably say it a few more times on this podcast this year, $23 million this year as a potential backup. He does not want to become a backup. Garoppolo and the Niners torch Detroit. I think he's my play. My other quarterback, start. Don't forget about Deshaun Watson. As of this taping, he is not suspended yet. Deshaun Watson is supposed to play week one, right? Unless you guys have any other information that I don't have.
2: I thought it wasn't I thought Tyrod was the starter.
0: Yeah. Everyone assumes Tyrod's the starter. Has Watson been suspended? Is he on the commissioners list? I know he didn't play this preseason because of I thought trade talk talk conversation. They didn't want him to get injured. As of this taping, Deshaun Watson's gonna be an active player week one. It's more than likely gonna be Tyrod unless they're gonna sit him. But I would go with Garoppolo, but if Watson is just like kind of sitting on your waiver wire right now, which he might in most leagues. Just kind of pick him up and see what happens. And he might start. So just roster Watson and watch how it happens for the rest of the week. Probably he's not going to play. But until I hear different, just kind of sit him on your roster a little bit.
2: Not a bad call. Um, I Chad, if you don't mind, I'll take second unless you had any rebuttal for guys.
1: No, unless you pick my guy and then I'm going to be upset with you.
2: Well, I'm lumping <laughs> a, couple, a couple players right now. So my starts for the week are going to be start the Dolphins wide receivers. That includes Waddle and Devontae Parker. Um, Going against the New England Patriots, who are going to be without Stephon Gilmore. Um, I think that Tua comes out firing. Obviously, you got Miles Gaskins behind uh, running the ball, but I have said it quite a few times. I know a lot of people are not too high on Tua. Um, I think people were a little rough on Tua starting when he took over week 10 or whatever. Um, Don't forget, he was a rookie last year. Guess who else looked like shit his rookie year? Josh Allen. And look where Josh Allen is right now. Improvements happen. So I was very – I I was, I think I said it in the last podcast. I think Devontae Parker is very, very underrated this year. Um, a lot of people are talking about Waddle and how good he is. Obviously, I think they got Will Fuller as well. Obviously, he's suspended, though. Um, but week one, a, a little bit of a weaker secondary in New England. Um, I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit because New England's front four is strong. I would start Devontae Parker hard in your flex and Waddle this is the number two wideout for sure. Um, and then my sits. You are going to be in rough shape, I think, if you have these any of these guys because it's going to be tough to sit them, your Dallas Cowboys offense. Um, I went through it with guys. I don't know if everybody saw the news today, but Mr. Zach Martin is out because of COVID. This is their current injury report. Brandon Knight, out. Zach Martin, out. Lael Collins is questionable, and Josh Ball is on IR. Uh, Three of their starters uh, are either out or questionable uh, on that offensive line that last year got absolutely manhandled in a lot of situations. Dak being a little bit banged up. Is he on a pitch count? How much is he going to play? God said a little earlier, Zeke was shaky last year with a bad offensive line. Um, If Dak Prescott misses any time, uh, those wide receivers are going to be obsolete. Zeke Gulley is gonna be bottled up. You're in a bad spot, I think, this week, especially after the Zach Martin news. Um if you can't if you have Zeke and you grab him in your first round and you don't have any other running back, um, it's gonna suck. I don't like it, but if you have options, I would potentially explore sitting some of those guys. Um, especially the wide receivers if Dak doesn't play. So Um, I think it's a little bit of a bold, but that Tampa Bay defense is no joke. That defense is going to come out firing, and if they are injured, that defensive line is going to get a hold of Dak and make his life a living hell. So um, start uh, the Dolphins wide receivers, sit the Cowboys offense.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks before we go back to Gaz. For a guy that I have some confidence in starting, I think he's going to be a QB one for week one. So we're calling top 10, maybe top 12. Give me some Baker Mayfield in week one. Yes. Love love the matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a high scoring affair. Baker took a nice step forward last year in that offense. They get OBJ back, who hopefully is motivated to, to get his career back on track. I just like the matchup. It's like the Chiefs secondary doesn't scare you that much. And they're gonna have to keep up with patrick mahomes so i think baker mayfield he's currently ranked outside of the top 10 i think he'll be a top 10 play in week one for my sit uh i'm gonna go joe burrow I, i i don't really feel comfortable starting guys who've come off of catastrophic injuries he got a little bit. I think he only got one game in the preseason, and it was brief, maybe like one series. Less than five plays. Yeah. So it's a guy who's already had limited NFL experience coming off of that injury. I'm not sure how much better that offensive line is. I I need to see it first. I think Burrow's a guy, if you got him, it's a nice piece to have where maybe after the first month he gets back in a groove. We love the weapons that they have in the Bengals, When it's Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. like They're going to be able to sling it if he's healthy and confident. So let's just give him some time. Uh, I do not think he's worth a start in week one.
0: Love it. And by the way, I forgot to put my quarterback on me to sit this week. I didn't mention him. Justin Herbert. I know he's poised on, to have a good both. year. I know. Washington football team, though, week one, the football team. God, I can't wait till we can stop saying that dumb name. Third least amount of fantasy football points allowed a quarterbacks last season. That defensive line, I guarantee you, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, have been watching film for months saying, how can we pressure Justin Herbert? So uh, some of you probably are thrilled you have him on your team. Just just give your quarterback a look, whoever's on that. You've got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. I'm just – literally my next pick was going to be Joshua Palmer. I have one pick left in this fantasy draft, and someone just took jo- – I'm Un- uh-uh. sorry, guys. Like, I cannot even make that up. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: It made sense.
0: It this wow. is in- That's incredible. I literally was going to take him as Mr. Irrelevant. I have the number – I'm sorry for derailing the podcast here. But I had one pick left. One pick
1: left. Oh,
2: that's wow.
0: amazing.
2: He hasn't been drafted in any of my leagues, so that's surprising. That Someone is unbelievable. Been
0: Boogie is his name. All right, who am I even going to draft? Oh, my God. All right, uh, my start and sit. I'm just going to draft <laughs> O.J. Howard. I'm <laughs> <not> gonna... <laughs> I was just completely derailed, guys. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so my other start and sit, I'm just going to jump to wide receiver now that I'm hot on wide receivers. Now, I'll go back to my running backs, I swear, but I did not see that coming clearly. Wide uh, Wide receivers. Brandon Cooks I've talked myself into for week one because the Houston Texans also stink and they're terrible and they're going to have to move the football somehow up the field whether it's Tyrod whether it's Deshaun third or fourth quarter Houston's going to throw the ball Their running backs right now are old David Johnson and old Mark Ingram somebody's going to have to touch the football 12.7 I'm seeing flirted around in half point PPR leagues I know that was Yahoo's projection Brandon Cooks might be able to get in the end zone might get you 100 yards in that first week and might have a big season I think Brandon Cooks has the potential to have a big breakout week one, do something for the Houston Texans. And a guy that I was trashing last week on the podcast, I would tell you probably never to start the guy, and especially not in September. Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. I'm still questioning whether or not he's good. Juju Smith-Schuster, I know has performed before. Chase Claypool was a beast. I don't know how Deontay Johnson with what I believe to be a old Ben Roethlisberger is going to get as many touches as he had in 2020. So I would go with Deontay Johnson to avoid lineups early
2: on.
1: Kyle, did you already – those were all your picks?
2: Um, there was only one other guy that I think I mentioned last last week that um, take a look at. He, I doubt he's available, but if you, if you have him on your bench, put him in your flex. I'm telling you, Corey Davis. Playing against Carolina, um, start Corey Davis in your flex unless you have some elite flex players in there. Um, I think Corey Davis is going to have a very strong year, probably top. He'll be, he'll be in the top 20, I think, from a wide receiver standpoint this year. Um, but I could see him easily getting, you know, 60 yards up, upwards of two touchdowns um, against that Carolina defense. Uh, I don't think um, the Jets are going to be able to run the ball much, or they're going to rely on Wilson's arm. So we'll see what happens there. But I like Corey Davis as a start, too.
1: Awesome. Uh, for my starts at running back, Give me some Ronald Jones. I feel like he's kind of the forgotten guy in Tampa Bay because of what Lenny did. Playoff Lenny was so fun to watch in the playoffs. But I honestly think Rojo is the better running back. He's got more explosiveness. And so especially in week one, they're going to try to run the rock. They're going to try to set the tone on Thursday night. So I think Rojo is projected at 8.2. Give me a Rojo touchdown. Give me double digits. That's my prediction. Ronald Jones is going to be a double-digit fantasy player in week one. A Sit, and this kills me because I like to root for my guys in the leagues that I love the most. Try to sit DeAndre Swift. Uh, It's not a great start. There's a lot of guys who have cues next to their name, and that's just the worst way to start a season is you don't even know the health of your guys and you haven't even played a real game yet. But it's also against the 49ers. So it's a tough defensive matchup. That defense is better. They're healthy again. I, I think Jamal Williams might even get more touches week one than DeAndre Swift. So if you have an option, put put Swift on the bench. Rest him up in the fantasy world. And hopefully as the season progresses, he, he's able to heal up uh, a little bit. So those are my uh, running backs. Do you
0: have any more, guys? Yeah, I have one other thing I want to add to that. Just one quick thing for my running backs as well. Because how you just summarize that. It's kind of my feel for this whole season when we're going to do running backs. That's why I'm kind of questioning, like, if we redo this and just do quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and a flex. Like, maybe that's the new way to do it because running backs, especially in 2021, is not deep anymore.
1: Right. So
0: if you're starting two running backs on your rosters weekly and we're telling you guys to sit somebody, you better have somebody on your bench because that's going to be really hard week in and week out. And I bring that up because of my point I'm going to bring up here is that, like, I don't like Joe Mixon's matchup. Like, I don't like Joe Mixon at all. I know Chet's not a fan of Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon in most leagues, Kyle's not a fan of Joe Mixon. I got a week one projection for Joe Mixon. He's going to finish in the top 11 this week. Like, top 11? How? Minnesota's got a solid defense. The wide receivers for the Bengals, you can make a discussion, is the best wide receiving core in the NFL with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Those guys can go out and make plays, and I feel like I'm missing somebody. There's a third guy for the Bengals, and I'm missing off the top of my head right now. But those guys are, uh, Boyd, thank you, yeah, Boyd. So you've got all these good wide receivers. Burrow likes to throw. So Mixon's going to be a top 11 back? Like, how? So, look, I would avoid Mixon. But the guy I would start, Was I'd tell you, I think David Montgomery is going to have a great week one. Even though he's got a tough matchup, even though that's a primetime game against the L.A. Rams, he's, like, out of the top 15. I don't think Chicago wants to deal with the and Field stuff on a primetime matchup. So they're just going to give him the ball constantly. You know, if Andy don't has an average game, he's not going to lose his job. So they just want to avoid that happening. Problem is Aaron Donald's up front. But like a coaching scheme-wise, they don't want that to happen. So, yeah, let's talk about that week, too, if we even bump running backs off the start sits because it's going to be too hard to just put these guys in their bench week in and week
1: out. I agree. You know, you don't have a lot of options, so I completely agree with that. Uh, my last start sits for wide receiver guys that I am feeling really good about. I've been saying it the last two weeks. Give me some Debo Samuel, use Debo Samuel while he's a hundred percent. Because if you wait on him and he gets banged up, you're he's just gonna sit on your bench or you're gonna have to drop him. So, week one, he's healthy. I like the matchup against the Lions. I think Debo Samuel has a big week. He's projected at 10.2. Another guy who start him now as opposed to later Marquez Callaway. With Michael Thomas out, Callaway might be the guy. And they play the Packers, another game where you could see the Saints having to play catch-up in the second half. Winston's going to have to throw to somebody. If it's Marquez Callaway, he had a great preseason, made some phenomenal catches. I usually am in the boat of I want to see it first before I do it. This could be an example of do it now while Michael Thomas isn't there and just hope that it strikes. Guy that I want to sit. It's kind of personal because he sucked for me last year. Michael Gallup. I I don't think Michael Gallup is a starter in fantasy football. It has to be a pretty big league um, or maybe a three-receiver league that you're starting a guy like Michael Gallup. He's more of a bye-week filler at this point because CeeDee Lamb has completely leaped over him. They still have Amari Cooper. He's the third option. It's completely the definition of boomer bust. Could he get a 70-yard touchdown? Sure. Can you bank on that? No. So I'm I'm running away from Michael Gallup at a 10.5 projection in half point PBR.
2: I even think Michael Gallup might be the fourth option with Jarwin coming in as a full tight yeah. end. Like Jarwin's really good over the middle. Fifth
1: option, Kyle. I'll give Zeke the better passing option. Uh, <laughs> the, the target share for Michael Gallup is not what you're looking yeah. for in fantasy football.
0: He just sat on so many of my boards in fantasy drafts, and I'm like, I don't want to touch him. Like, what, yeah. what is he going to do for me ever? When am I ever going to play Michael Gallup in a lineup and feel good about it?
1: He's going to piss you off because he is going to have a hundred yard game with a touchdown, but you can, you're not going to be able to pinpoint what game it is. So no.
0: There it is, man. We talk fantasy week one in the books, our longest one of the summer slash fall. I can't wait to come back Sunday night, maybe Monday afternoon, whenever we tape again, and talk about real NFL and real fantasy. That's an oxymoron, but whatever. Football next week. Boys, enjoy the NFL action this weekend.
2: Good luck, ladies and gentlemen.